Okay, well today, Lord, we ask you to uh, anoint your word to us. Lord, we're going to look into the scripture and we pray that you would cause your scripture to come alive to us. Exactly where we are as a church, as individuals, Lord, we trust you're going to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today obviously is New Year's Day, and uh, what um, there's no more appropriate day to kind of look at the past year a little bit and look forward to the coming year. And um, I'm going to give a two-part teaching mini-series uh, this Sunday and next Sunday, kind of centering on uh, this area. The barn, uh, past, present, and future, born and growing by the Spirit of God. Uh, 2017, that should say, maybe we, is that, is that the way that is, appears in the slide? Okay, that should be 2017, coming up, fresh vision, new wine, and emerging wineskins for the barn. Uh, all right, <laughs> great. Well, we can finish. One person has been blessed. We can stop now. Great. So, uh, good. Um, and the way we're going to organize uh, the two teachings, we're going to look at um, kind of where we've been as a church. You know, a church is not just a human organization, right? It is a divine organism. It's a divinely created expression of Jesus Christ himself through people, right? That's what a church is. Now, what it's become, what it is biblically, what it's become in many, in many parts of the world, maybe, you know, I mean, no indictment here, no judgment, but um, it's become a social club, it's become a, a kind of a, an acceptable place to go if you want to be accepted in the community, that kind of thing, but... But, but basically, it is a divinely energized and divinely created organism that contains the living spirit of Jesus Christ that flows to the people in that organism and then flows out as we take Jesus out beyond the four walls of the church gathering. So we're going to be looking at at the barn. You're part of this. You're part of this kind of living organism called the church. So I think it's good sometimes for us to orient ourselves. Who are we? Um, not only as individuals. You know, in, in the West, we think in terms of individualization. We Individualism. We think in terms of being separate selves. But the Bible really sees the body of Christ as connected, as corporate. And it's important to understand ourselves that way. Part of our growth in the Lord, part of our understanding of who we're supposed to be as Christians is bound up in that understanding that we don't exist just in ourselves, certainly to please ourselves. And even if we put it in a Christian framework, we don't exist simply to receive blessing into ourselves from the Lord, but our self is connected to many other selves who are also indwelt by the Spirit of God and we are connected together by him and, and his life, God's life, flows through the body. You know, this is really why the scripture says, uh, that writers, writer of Hebrews says to us, 
Do not forsake the gathering together of yourselves, of the brethren. Don't abandon it. Don't let too much time go by. Why? Because God has designed the church to be a repository of divine life where he, God, causes that life to flow through individual members into the lives of other individual members and enriches everyone. That's why we need all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We need the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the pastors and the teaching. We need the gift of prophecy. We need the gift of healing to operate in the church because that's the way God's Holy Spirit mediates or, or, or becomes a conduit through which the life that's in Jesus, that eternal life that he carries then flows into all of us and flows out. Okay, so I want to talk about where the barn has been and where the barn is now. We won't talk so much about the future this Sunday. We'll get more into that next Sunday. So if you could turn to the next um, slide. Um, There's a scripture, Proverbs 29, 18, that is well known to people who know the Bible. Where there is no vision, people wander aimlessly. Now that is a translation of the original Hebrew that's different than what you may have memorized. What you may have memorized would be something like this. Where there, without a vision, the people perish. Okay? And that's legitimate, but... That's a bit of a drastic interpretation. Really, I mean, perish means to cease to exist, means to to die away, be no more. And I like this interpretation of that original Hebrew text better. Where there's no vision, people wander aimlessly. And you know, we as people, we need a sense of direction to give us significance, to motivate us to move forward in God the way he wants us to do. I mean, we we could be blind people who don't see, and if we don't see, we don't know where we're going, and we strike off in this direction and that direction, and we don't bear any fruit, and then we're concerned what's wrong with us, blah, blah, blah. This is why it is so important for there to be prophecy In the church, prophecy is God speaking to human beings, his voice, his mind, his heart, through other human beings. And another legitimate interpretation of this scripture is where there is no, you may have it in your Bible, where there is no prophecy, people wander aimlessly. Vision, the ability to see concerning who you are and where you're going in life. And that's applying to you personally. It could be true of an organism like the church. It could be true of a corporation. It could be true of a nation. Anything that's living on the earth requires a vision. Where am I going? And this is, this is the immense value of the gift of prophecy. We see where we're headed. We see the next step for us. So the barn was born from a vision that the Lord gave to my wife Lynn and me yay many, many moons ago. Long time ago. 
back when I was 22 and she was 19. And uh, we had just been involved in a revival, really. Remember my definition? What is my definition? Who's been paying attention here? What's my definition of revival? Anybody know? God on steroids. So the, the great stuff God does, ramp it up, accelerate it, enhance it, intensify it, and that's the definition of revival. And revival is when God accomplishes in amazing ways things that he compresses in the amount of time that can also be done in a time that's spread out. But not, not everybody, not all churches, the church uh, um, is not in revival all the time. There's revival periods and then there are times when we go on with what we could call normal biblical church life. But then there are other times when there's an outpouring of God's spirit and revival. Well, we came into the Lord, Lynn and I, during the Jesus people, which was a time of revival that was coinciding with something called the Charismatic Renewal Revival. The Charismatic Renewal Revival in the late 60s, early 70s, was when God poured out his Holy Spirit, particularly in the realm of the charismatic gifts of the Holy Spirit, into the mainline denominational churches. So the Methodists and the Presbyterians and the Lutherans and the Episcopals and the Catholics and the Baptists. Well, maybe not the Baptists. Yeah, I know the Baptists as well. You know, all kind. Of, as a matter of fact, I, my original church home was a Baptist church in Wilmington. And so it, the, 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 there was an outpouring of God into hungry people concerning the things of the gifts of God and the outflowing of the power of God. And Lynn and I were born into the kingdom of God in that time of mini revival. And there came a vision from the Lord. We believed in prophecy. We, we submitted ourselves to people who, who were prophetically gifted, particularly a man in Baltimore, Maryland, who now is with the Lord, but he was an amazingly gifted prophetic man. And we got incredible vision downloaded into our lives from this man in particular that's really governed our entire life up until this point. We have been following out. Paul said when he, when he was preaching at one point, he said, I have not been disobedient to the heavenly vision that I received. So Paul's entire life as the great apostle to the Gentiles was directed by God through prophetic revelation that he received from the Lord, and he was following out what he knew from the Lord to be his destiny. So Lynn and I were born into that milieu over in Wilmington, Delaware. And uh, as the Jesus people movement kind of waned, died away, <clears throat> the Lord put into my heart that I wanted to, I wanted to see this, this expression of New Testament Christianity in church form that... I couldn't find. I mean, in the Baptist church where we were, bless the Lord, I mean, bless the people in that Baptist church and the leader, Ed Miller, I'll be forever in debt to that man. He's my spiritual father. And the church was loving and they were a good church and they were open to the things of the Holy Spirit, but the things of the Holy Spirit weren't given place as they gathered. And so the Lord took Lynn and me to Newark, Delaware, and, and, and put into my heart and then into Lynn's heart a desire 
Could we? Could we see a church that looked like what we can glimpse from a distance of thousands of years, but can we glimpse into what looked like the, what was happening in, in the church in the first century? And my, my heart was drawn to 1 Corinthians 14.26, which is a, a snapshot of the way God was moving in the Corinthian church. And Paul kind of concludes an argument of how to be as a church, and he's speaking to the Corinthians. And he ends up by saying, so what, what is the outcome, my brethren? Well, here it is, he says. Each one of you will have something to bring in contribution to the gathering of the brethren. One will have a teaching. One will have a revelation. And that is a prophetic word or a word of knowledge or a vision. One will have a scripture. One will have a tongue. One will have an interpretation. Another will have a psalm. So you find in this beautiful little gem of a scripture, 1 Corinthians 14, 26, you find that, that you have this, this, I believe, an ideal of how the church ought to work. When the church comes together, there's not one superstar spiritual giant who rules them all, who dominates the service by doing everything. No. If there is such a person who has that kind of gifting, that person's call is to lay down his or her life and facilitate and train and equip and release many others into the multi-membered, multifaceted ministry of Jesus Christ in the midst of the church. And so I came, we started a little church in our home, and, and, and I began to wonder, you know, could, could we do this? Well, we can do it in a small group. We, had, we started out with seven people in our home and a dog. The dog preached now. But there were a few of us who, who came from the Jesus People Movement in Wilmington. We ended up in Newark. We gathered in the home and, and, and we, we shared with each other and we opened a scripture and we said, God's showing me this in the scripture. And then, and then, well, I have a need. Well, let's lay hands on you and pray. And then we praised God. We had tambourines back then and, and, and guitars and we sat in a circle like Indians and we, we, we just praised God. I don't know, any of you guys born into the kingdom back in those days at all? Do you have a memory of that? Yeah, that was a kind of a radical expression of Christianity. But for me, <clears throat> it was purposeful. I was wanting to see, would it be possible for us to see in a contemporary setting what was happening in ancient Corinth in the church? And so, <clears throat> we, I had a vision. Lynn had a vision. And we planted this church. This church is a planting of the Lord. All true churches are plantings from the Lord that I believe are birthed from a vision that's God-given. What was that? Oh. It's living water. It's moving around. <laughs> so somebody, a person, a couple, a group, a team... Receive vision from the Lord to establish something. It's the planning of the Lord. So I believe God loves vision. God is a God of vision. 
God is a visionary. <laughs> and vision needs to be, be um, not ex- exalted, but given place in a church. Most churches are run by managers. Nothing wrong with a manager. We need managers. We need administrators. We need organizers. Absolutely. But if a church doesn't have visionaries, people who can receive vision from God and articulate that, and then leader, a leadership that, that's courageous enough to say, wow, we don't know, quite know how to do this, but if God wants it done, we're going to give it a shot. Then, then the, the church will be organizationally good, but spiritually plateaued, spiritually dry, because God is a God of vision. So vision is so important. So this church was born in vision, and this church has always grown through vision. And this church will always continue to grow through vision. And we're entering into a time period in 2017, I believe, when there is fresh vision, there is a new wind of the Spirit that's blowing in the church in America. And there's so many people I'm associating with now, people I've known for literally decades, and new people I'm meeting from Baltimore and from the Philly area and from the Newark area, people who, whom God has brought in to, to pastor churches where the, the, the pastors have retired or gotten sick and new ones have come in, and I've, I've been able to interact with them, and they are hearing from God the same thing that I'm hearing from God, that a wave, a massive wave of revival, of the outpouring of God's Spirit is about ready to break upon the nation. It's incredible. This church feels it has a call to the tri-state area where we are. You know, we're positioned almost exactly at the intersection point of Maryland, Delaware, and Pennsylvania. And we've never had a city that we've been called to. Many churches are called to cities. I don't think we're called to Kemblesville. <laughs> Not that we want to exclude Kemblesville, but... <clears throat> But I think God's positioned us so that we're actually called to a region that comprises this three-state territory. And maybe not all of the state, I mean, you know, these are big, except for Delaware, these are big states, and so they've got a lot. But, but where we are, we're called to an area and a region, not just to a city. And this, this phrase, tri-state Revival has been spoken by the Holy Spirit to different leaders in, in, in the tri-state area and they haven't colluded together in order to know this. They've just found out that they've been hearing the same thing from the Lord. One Lord, right? One Spirit, one faith. And so God is producing something. He's, he's, he's getting ready to pour out his spirit and he is creating an infrastructure of Holy Spirit-created church entities, church 
wineskins. Churches and parachurch means not an established church, but a group that exists as in the kingdom, not not as a a standard local church, but doing something else. Like Youth with a Mission is a parachurch organization. It's a missionary organization. They're not technically a church, but they, they, they extend the kingdom in major ways. So God is weaving together in our region right here in Mello, Delaware, Mellowware, Mellowware, Delaware, Maryland, and PA. He is weaving together this, this, con, this network of connection that we've never seen before. We've longed for it and we've wanted it. And see, you know what? Not that I have anything against denominations. Denominations are, I mean, at their best, they're families of churches that, that relate to each other and help each other and, and grow together. And that's okay. But I believe in a way, a denomination is a lesser form of the unity of the church that God wants to bring in regions of the world. He wants Baptists and Lutherans and Catholics and non-denoms and Vineyard and Episcopals. He wants us all to rise up together, recognize our unity, honor one another, bless one another, and receive from one another. And then the church will be the witness to the world that God the Father sent the Son. We see that unity. It's coming. Amen. That's what I'm so excited about. Can you tell I'm a little excited? I am excited about this. I've been in the Lord from 1969 until now. And I've never seen the degree of connection in the spirit realm and in the natural realm that's starting to form up. And it's awesome. And it's prayer-based. Nothing goes on of value in the kingdom unless there's a foundation of prayer. I'm telling you. Prayer is the most powerful thing human beings can do to shape the world for God. I want to give you another scripture. Go to the next slide. This also has to do with how the barn came to pass. Um, <clears throat> no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the new wine would burst the skins, spilling the wine, ruining the skins. New wine must be placed into new wineskins, but no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine, they say. There's a lot in this scripture. And I want to end... And we'll get into more specifics uh, next week. I want to end to say that I believe that whenever there is an outpouring of fresh vision and of fresh power from the Lord, and remember, we're entering into, I believe, we're entering into in 2017 a time period where not just this church, but all churches open to God will begin to experience a fresh coming upon of the power of the Holy Spirit. And whenever that fresh spiritual outpouring occurs, that is the equivalent to the new wine in the Scripture. Wine is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. 
And so the new wine is a fresh coming of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he brings vision with him. He, he brings new empowerment to do the vision that he brings. And so when he comes, this scripture tells us that there's a need for new wine skins, new structures will have to happen when there is a new thing the Spirit is doing. And I want to say to you that I am very excited, and I want you guys to be so excited too. I think we are a great church, but I want to be greater. In God, for God. And I believe that in 2017, we're going to see new structures of church, new wineskins of ministry that will develop out from who we are. Not that what we have and who we are is bad. I think in a way, we, we are still fulfilling that initial vision the Lord gave me in 1969. I still want us to be that interactive, rich contribution of many people in the gathering of the saints. I still want that. And I've given my life in the kingdom of God to the Lord to see that happen. And I don't believe that'll go away, but you know what? There's going to be more. There's going to be, there's going to be some uh, one, two, three other kinds of structures that will develop, I believe, in this building and out from this building. I believe there will new, be new structures developing because of what God is doing in Baltimore and Elkton and downstate Delaware and Wilmington, and somehow it will all combine together, and I believe 2017 will be a year in which this will start to happen in a visible way, and there'll be new structures and new gatherings of God's people where he'll do new things among us. There'll be new kingdom manifestations. And you know, God is in the power and the love business. So whatever he does, there's going to be more power and more love. And more kingdom reality. And more people are going to get saved. And more people are going to get healed. And more people are going to get equipped in the things of the Lord. And they're going to be released into ministries that impact the areas around them. And the kingdom of God is going to spread like wildfire starting in 2017. And it's going to require... It's going to require new wineskins... To hold the new wine. So get ready. Get ready. I don't know what shape it's going to take exactly. But I believe it will take more than one. It will take the shape of more than one new structure. I believe there will be multiple new structures. In this area. In this region. So God... We want to be vessels prepared for the master's use. So God, continue to shape us. You've planted us from vision. You've grown us over the decades through fresh vision. And now is a season of new fresh vision. So Lord, 
We ask you for grace to be obedient to the heavenly vision you're now pouring out for us. And not just for us, but for our family of churches in the southern Chester County area, Lord. Our grouping of Presbyterians and Nazarenes and Baptists and and non-denominational Pentecostal churches, God. We want to grow with them And we want to grow with the churches of Baltimore and Elkton and Wilmington and Dover. And God, we want to grow together and be a mighty expression of the kingdom of God in this region. So let it be so, God, and let each of us do our parts, God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I want to remind you of the prophetic... So, uh, prophetic team, please come up here. Healing team over here. Anybody sick in any way? Receive healing prayer. Prophetic prayer over here. If you haven't received a prophetic word in a while, and you're wandering a little bit, and you need some vision, come up and receive prophetic prayer. God bless you guys. See ya.